shot towards the end zone under the Packers touchdown. Trey Tucker to the end zone it goes. Caught touchdown, Darvon Ben. It's Bearcat Blitz, everybody. Welcome into episode number two. We are inching closer towards the 2023 Cincinnati Bearcats football season. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, all Bearcats reporter. And you can also check out all of the Bearcats video coverage, including this podcast, interviews, and more at Talking Cats with Russ Heltman, the YouTube page. And you can also check out my good friend, my co-host, Dominic Goodman. He's got a great, great Twitter page at GoodyTheWiz on Twitter. And I am at RussElman11 on Twitter. He is former UC wide receiver Dominic Goodman. Dominic, I know, obviously, I think the, the football season started for you guys at Talawanda, right? How's things started off so far in the, uh, the early parts of the it's, – it's the dog days of the season, literally, here in middle of August. Yeah, you know, we, you know, camp was long. You could tell by my – my, my, my hair, my beard been kind of rough, you know, stressing, you know, being an officer coordinator, you're always thinking, always trying to come up with something. Um, but it's been going well. Uh, first game was um, pretty much the start of the season. Uh, first time with the team, um, new offense for them. So guys kind of still trying to learn. Um, so we did well, moved the ball, um, just penalties got us and just uh, not executing, but it's all good, so we're hoping to clean stuff up and get come back strong against Fenwick this week. There you go. There you go. It's Dominic Goodman. He's former UC wide receiver, class of 09, played on the 08 Orange Bowl team, and, of course, been moving his way up the high school coaching ranks here in the tri-state area, the offensive coordinator now at Talawanda, and my co-host throughout what should hopefully be an exciting 2023 season for the Bearcats. Just posted my part two prediction series of going game by game, taking a look at what the team is going to do this season in my eyes. Dominic, I ended up landed on 6-6, six and six, 500 record in year one of Scott Satterfield. To me, I would be shocked at four wins, and I would be shocked at eight wins, but five, six, seven, I think that's really right in the in the ballpark of where this team's going to be in 2023. What do you think of that 6-6 six and six prediction? Um, it's, a, it's, it's a safe prediction, you know. Um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit seven. I'm gonna go seven wins. Okay. Uh, you know, because um, I think they'll do well. I think defense um, come back strong, and uh, defense come back strong, make some, make some, make some stops, and make some stuff happen. And offense, I think offense they get start getting clicking midway in the season. I think they're gonna be set up for success. There you go. We'll dive into some full on kind of preseason predictions. We'll dive into every single game rapid fire next Thursday after a preview of Eastern Kentucky as the Colonels come to town. One of the better FCS teams in the country last year, Dominic. So a, a decent little test, a nice little onboarding into the season. Real quick before we dive into the defense, how did you like that in your playing career, getting to play an FCS team? I know I asked offensive coordinator Brad Glenn yesterday. I was trying to see if he would maybe give me an interesting answer in terms of does he prefer, does the team or coaching staff prefer to play an FCS school earlier or prefer to play him later on in the non-conference? He kind of gave me a, a very well-buttoned-up coach-speak answer, as, as as one is one to do. But in your eyes, Dominic, as a player, did you like having that onboarding, quote-unquote, not necessarily, it's not a preseason game. This is still counts. It counts fully on the entire record. But obviously, when you're playing the FCS opponent, it's a little bit lower caliber of talent, and therefore a little bit, in my eyes, I would guess, as an outsider, easier to onboard into the season than that game one. Uh, yeah, I, as a player, I liked it for the simple reason. Um, it's like a 
a game, the first game to get it started, you know, um, just to see where you at, battle, get battle tested. Um, it's not not one of the big games where your nerves is your nerves is shot. You over here just um, worried about the game, a lot of thoughts. But this is kind of a game where they can kind of see what they got, know what they can do, and um, and just basically just go out there and execute. There you go. Yeah, just get get some pads clacking against somebody that is not your teammate on the other side of that defensive exactly. uh, <laughs> equation. As we get into the defensive equation right now, a lot of a returning talent this year, way more obviously than the one starter coming back for the offensive side of the ball, Dominic. You got guys like Deshaun Pace, Dante Corleone, Taj Ward, Juwan Briggs, Jack Dingle, just names that Bearcats fans are very familiar with coming back to this starting unit on the defensive side of the ball, but a tweaked system in Brian Brown's attacking style defense led the country last year at Louisville with 50 total sacks. This is going to be an aggressive unit. It's going to be a unit that's going to try to get up field in terms of that front four with reckless abandon, get to the quarterback, cause a lot of tackles for loss, and maybe leave some holes open more so than normal with the past uh, Trestle and Luke Fickle as defenses over the past couple of years. So maybe a little bit couple more holes in that secondary getting opened up by more of the blitzing and aggressive scheme getting added to this defense. So that's something to definitely monitor throughout the season. But to me, the most intriguing question for this defense is who's going to be that most important guy outside of Dante Corleone? Obviously, the man in the middle is really the man in the middle is what makes the college and professional level teams in this city work in terms of Dante Corleone for UC defensively and DJ Reader for the Cincinnati Bengals defensively. It all starts right there. When they can get penetration at the point of attack right there in front of that football, it leads to a lot of issues for offensive players. But outside of Corleone, who was the number one graded PFF player defensively last year, is a preseason AP All-American getting – he has like over five different major watch lists that he's on. We know what Dante Corleone is going to bring. But to me, I think, Dominic, the most important player on this defense outside of Corleone – is going to be Deshaun Pace. I mentioned some of the issues maybe in the secondary that might pop up. Deshaun Pace, in my eyes, is going to be that star player that has to shade over and white out some of those issues, so to speak, clear them off the board, and be as versatile as he's ever been in his UC career. We saw what he could do in coverage a couple years ago when he led the team in interceptions. We've seen what he can do as an aggressive downhill player last season, although it didn't have quite the the counting statistics that maybe he would have liked to see out of his play. And now this year in a really versatile role, a role that he can maybe play at the next level. It's a big opportunity for Deshaun Pace with a little bit of a tweaked position change going from a true linebacker to a star defensive best defensive back esque type player. Yeah, you know, he's a hybrid linebacker and especially coming from guy from Coleraine. So it's more more, uh, more excited as well to see him play and seeing his career progress throughout the years, and also seeing him at at Corn High School. Um, that was great, great to see him as as he is today. But um, I think he's really important for that defense, being a guy that played since his freshman year, his rest of his freshman year, um, a guy that can come up field, make the tackle, a guy that can play coverage. Um, and you need that, especially with the new defense, the way it's structured, uh, for bringing the pressure, um, bringing the blitz. And playing a lot of man, more man, um, I think he's a guy that can kind of have the defense rally around him and kind of get excited um, to make those plays. And uh, I think he's a big factor for that defense. Does the 
taking a player lightly ever factor in? Did that ever factor for you, Dominic, where maybe you got a linebacker or a guy that maybe in the in the scouting report was dubbed to be a little slower, a little bit less dynamic agility wise? Did that ever did you ever start like lifting your lips, so to speak, or getting your eyes wide? Like, I want to match up against a player like that in terms of knowing that they weren't a true cornerback type of player or when you got this matchup where you thinking, all right, I'm Dominic Goodman, one of the leading receivers on this team, especially in 2008, they're prop, they're not putting someone on me. That's going to go out and, and get burnt right away and be able to, to be taken advantage of. I'll never take anybody lightly. Cause um, realistically I was that guy that you on paper, you like, Oh, he got a slow 40. Uh, he's, he's not that big. He's not that explosive. But when you get out there, He's making plays. So you just never – you can never really take someone lightly because football is all about making plays. You make plays, everything else um, everything else stops, you know. You just make a play, move on. But um, I think you just can't take anybody lightly. So um, if you just make plays, you can't take it lightly. It's Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, joined by my co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver. I'm your all-Bearcats reporter, part of the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network. Check us out at allbearcats.com, where you can find just news stories. Got my preseason predictions up, two parts right there. We're going through all 12 games of the Bearcats schedule, and you can find out, if you didn't hear the earlier part of the episode, what my final record prediction is for the Bearcats. All right, Dominic, who is your guy? Who is that player outside Dante Corleone that you think could be the, is the most important player outside of DC? Um, I think um, Malik Vaughn, um, okay. a guy that's coming back off an uh, injury, another vet. Um, so he got a lot of, I, I know he got a lot to prove, a lot of things to show people, you know, and I know he was a, he was a guy that was doing a, doing real well when he was playing. Um, also helping wreaking havoc. I think having him on the line with Colleon, uh, I think that's going to help uh, add that add pressures from the middle and from the edge. So um, just having him, another veteran on, on that defense will help a lot. Yeah, Millie fan is going to be a big, big part of this defense. And and just one of the one of the better defensive line units in the entire country. I think you could put the depth of this defensive line, just watching them yesterday in the hot, hot turf in Nippert Stadium, doing a great job in individual work against the offensive line. I mean, it's it's iron sharpens iron out there. This new look O-line with one returning starter is getting a really, really great month of reps against a unit that they likely won't see a better one that they're having to face in practice against or throughout the entire regular season in the Big 12. So one more question here, one more storyline before we take a break and dive into kind of the positional makeup of the defense here on Bearcat Blitz. Do Is the unit going to be better than last year? Will they be better than last year, Dominic? They were top 25, top 30 in most major statistical categories, top 20 in points allowed last season. I think right around, it was uh, it was something like 21 or 22 total points allowed in the uh, in the 2021 or excuse me 2022 season by this defense so overall points per game 20.6 20th out of 131 teams so will this team it kind of morphs into my other question that i was going to have uh if we had enough time of will this defense be better and will this defense allow over under 21 points per game i think it's going to be really difficult to keep these offenses in the big 12 below 21 points per game especially with a decent offense in uh in in the pit panthers projected decent offense. They weren't that great last year, but should be better with Phil Jerkovich at quarterback. 
it's going to be difficult with that schedule to keep a point per game total under 21. But I think it's very similar, and it might be just a smidge worse than last year, but maybe equally the same talent-wise, if not a little bit worse. I think top 35 is a good expectation points per game allowed-wise nationally from this defense as opposed to top 20, but it's very close. Yeah, um, I think it's. I think they'd be good, um, but it's like you said, the Big 12 is a little different. Offense is high scoring. The team could be down 28 at half. Next thing you know, it's a game of 41 to 35, you know. Um, so I just think they'd be good, but it's just in a different conference. Um, so I think they will be able to – it's going to be hard to keep a team under 21 points, but I think it's going to be a little bit over. But who knows? You never know. Um, but, but that's how I, f- I think what's going to happen this season. Yeah, it's going to largely rely on the secondary in my eyes. Can those new guys, all those new faces replacing Arquan Bush, replacing Javon Hicks, can guys like Brian Threats rally the troops, get them all together, Sammy Young or Sammy Anderson, excuse me, on one side, Jordan Young on the other, can they get those guys playing at a high level like we saw them play in the spring? That's going to be a very intriguing thing over the first portion of the season, especially when those guys are trying to get their feet wet, seeing how quickly they can get going in this defense. Taking a quick time out here on the Bearcat Blitz show as we get ready for a look at the defensive depth chart, the defensive position makeup. What does that look like? We'll have that all ready for you on the back half of Bearcat Blitz. This is the Believe Network. Bearcat Blitz rolling along here on our second show ever. A lot of fun. I'm already starting to get more comfortable, Dominic, or rolling along a little better. I think the framing's a little better with the with the visuals. It's it's going to be great. It's going to be a great show, great season for Bearcat Blitz. The team may not be great. They may be fantastic. They may be bad, but we're going to give you a great product all year long. I'm your host, Russ Heltman on Bearcat Blitz, and he is your co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver, part of the 2008 Orange Bowl team, 84 catches on that team on the way to the Orange Bowl. So, Dominic, we have a full defensive roster to go through here, full positional breakdown. Let's kind of start in the trenches. Let's start closest to the ball and move from there, where I I think the two guys that we already talked about, Malik Van and Dante Corleone, obviously going to be very important parts of that defensive line rotation. Eric Phillips as well. I think he might actually get some starts over Van at some points in the season. He was very good in relief of of Malik Van last year and another Cole Rain guy that I'm sure you love to see producing well uh, in a Bearcat uniform. It was crazy, Dominic. Last year, I think it was like six or seven at one point six or seven of the 11 starters on defense were from Colt Rain. Now, you're an offensive guy, but still, getting that defensive love, that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of great great talent coming off the defense, a lot of great talent coming from Colt Rain. Uh, if you, like I tell everybody else, if you want some go, good ball players, just go ahead and come to Colt Rain, grab <laughs> There you go, there you go. So Dante Corleone, obviously going to be the man right in the middle of this. It's kind of like a 3-3-5 hybrid type of defense, Dominic. It's it's three down linemen, and then you 
kind of just get a mismatch of different guys on either edge. Maybe it'll be Deshaun Pace coming off the edge sometimes. Daniel Greshik going to be coming off the edge a lot and was just included in the Athletics' top 100 impact transfers heading into the 2023 season. Daniel Greshik, a guy that definitely could have been one of those most important players outside of Dante Corleone. Eight and a half sacks in 2022 for Utah State. Comes over as an L.A. kid, gets back in the big city, gets back in a little bit more of a comfortable environment living-wise, I think, for Daniel Greshik with all systems go towards putting up a monster season and trying to make an impact on NFL evaluators. So we'll be very interested to see how big of a year we can get out of Daniel Greshik on that defensive line. And then linebacker-wise, Dominic Deshaun Pace, I mentioned, he'll be flipping in from that star, defensive back, close to the line of scrimmage, drifting back from the line of scrimmage. He's going to be the most versatile player on the defense in terms of the role he's going to have to man and the amount of grass he's going to have to cover or turf he's going to have to cover for most of these places in each and every ball game. Jack Dingle, one of the fastest linebackers that this coaching staff says they've ever recorded in terms of GPS tracking. He should be all over the field, maybe taking that kind of impact player speed role from Ivan Pace Jr. that Ivan manned last year. And I don't expect Dingle to have the same kind of ball awareness and same kind of just big play awareness in terms of what gaps to hit at the right time to stop that ball pressure. But he should be a strong linebacker nonetheless. And Dorian Jones transferred from Louisville. It's very interesting. It seems like this staff, Dominic, has not in every position group, but some of the more cerebral or tougher to learn position groups, they've made sure to nail down a guy from Louisville to bring with them to Cincinnati and make sure that the defensive and offensive installs in terms of the schemes can go as smooth as possible. Dorian Jones, one of those players. And I think a, a linebacker group that not as good as it was last year with an All-American AAC Defensive Player of the Year, now ascending depth charts type of player in the NFL in Ivan Pace, but a linebacker room that I still think will be pretty formidable in the Big 12 and one that they've done a good job of kind of solidifying over the past three to four months with, with a transfer in Jones, um, a position change in Deshaun Pace, and a moving up the depth chart just naturally over a career in Jack Dingle. Yeah, um, just, I see the defense is more of like athletes out there on that kind of defense with 335. Um, got a lot of deep, a lot of speed out there. Guys are going to run around, make plays. Um, and that's what you need, especially in the Big 12, the way offenses are with the spread and how much they get to get the ball and the guys in space. You need those type of guys on defense. Um, so I just feel that they, with the makings of that defense and bringing guys from Louisville, um, it's key because as a coach, you, you guys got to understand the system and understand the philosophy of it. And once you have those guys that you coached and had before can come in and uh, kind of make that impact for us, letting people know how things are, how the defensive coordinator likes it. And um, so the guys kind of pass it around and kind of understand and get it. And uh, once they learn that, I think that's when they start gelling and clicking and become um, a complete unit. Was there a defense in your career, Dominic, a, like a type of scheme, base scheme format that you liked going up against more so than another one, or did it not really matter to you? Uh, I always liked going against a man team, a team okay. that goes out and blitz for the simple reason. Um, shoot, this one-on-one coverage. Um, the ball's coming out, and you just got to make one man miss, and that's it. So it makes lots like stuff simple. But when you go against a team with a on the three three five and you got five DBs out there, it can get kind of confusing for us 
as trying to learn the coverage or trying to figure out the coverage they're in because you got guys coming all over the place coming from coming from too high next thing you know going three high and that strong safety is coming to blitz so it's a confusing defense if you don't sit and study it um, but once you um, get the grasp of it and figure it out um, it's pretty much smooth sailing from there there you go there you go so speaking of the guys you used to go up against the defensive backs here let's close out the show with them i mentioned brian threats returning as a hard-hitting safety uh true wild card on defense he's a guy that can really set the tone with some big hits out there i'm expecting a nice season out of him taj ward a guy who i think is entering his sixth year with the bearcats has played i believe will have played if he plays both safety spots, he will have played Dominic every single position in the defensive backfield in his time at UC in actual gameplay. He's obviously done the safety stuff in practice so far, did it in the spring game a little bit, has done it more so, and I believe he's going to be one of the starters there at safety and mixing in there with DJ Taylor as well, who don't know what's up with DJ Taylor, was not in uniform yesterday, did not practice, was on the sidelines just wearing uh, wearing the jersey. So no confirmed or or announced injury for DJ Taylor. We'll see if if he we'll see what he looks like when I'm back out there today on the, on Thursday as we're recording this before practice at Nippert Stadium. So that's something to monitor there in terms of the safety group. But getting back to T- Taj Ward, just just the the level of versatility. That's a word that's come up a lot with this defense today. The level of versatility he brings, I think, is really fascinating. He's got a really, really deep breadth of football knowledge, a deep breadth of experience. I think he's going to be a very impactful player for this defense and was solid, solid last year as kind of the one-two punch in the slot with Sammy Anderson uh, and, and just, just being able to really just, just control the game and just just being able to play a lot of different roles as a secondary piece. He's played on the outside in his career. He's played in the slot. He's played now at safety. He will have gotten snaps there. Very interested to see how he impacts the season. Jordan Young and Sammy Anderson, though. Those are the guys on the outside. Anderson Jr. really taking a full-on embracing of this defense. He's done a great job in fall camp. Has not been as noticeable in terms of getting beat a little bit more so on deep balls than a guy like Jordan Young, who has been in position to make plays, but the ball placement's been good on these deep passes from Emory Jones throughout fall camp. Yesterday was a little scattershot from Jones, but maybe it was just coming off of the dental procedure he had and just getting back into the rhythm of practice uh, after a little bit of a break. But Jordan Young and Sammy Anderson Jr., those two guys are, are very big pieces for this team, Dominic, I think, because we know what we're getting out of the defensive line. I think we know what we're getting up the spine of this defense in terms of the middle linebackers, the linebackers, and the safeties. But on the outsides, what are we going to get out of two players that don't have a ton of starting experience? Sammy Anderson and Jordan Young have both played a decent amount of college football. Jordan coming over as a transfer from Florida. But guys that are still a little bit relative unknowns in terms of how they're going to translate to Big 12 defensive attacking level play in this Brian Brown system. Very interested to see if Jordan Young is going to be more like the spring ball player that we saw throughout those practices against a pretty bad wide receiver room or more like a a little bit up and down, a little bit more inconsistent player that we've seen in fall camp. Two huge spots for this Bearcats team. Yeah, you know, as a DB, you just – as a DB, you're gonna take you're gonna take your losses, but you gotta build from that. You know, you just gotta continue 
you know, it's basically you're going to take your lumps in the beginning, but you're going to learn from it and grow from there. And as long as they do that and take those steps, I think they'll be fine. And uh, with the safety like Ward being playing every position, it, it, it makes him more valuable. So if a situation do occur, if someone gets hurt or someone's not uh, doing well at that position, he's a guy that can transition over there and help out. So it's just basically just really you're going to take your lumps and you just got to grow from it. Yeah, no doubt. Taj Ward, over 200 snaps last year at slot corner. He had 90-plus snaps at slot corner the year before. Had a, a couple – has had a couple career snaps at this, at the either safety position. So we'll see how that translates. And to close out the show, we'll touch on the specialists for sure. It's not, not needing a full-on segment. We know what we're getting there. And Mason Fletcher, a – all-American level punter, a guy that I think is going to be a weapon for the Bearcats using field position all year long, had an AAC and UC record single punt last year with an 84-yarder, I think it was, against SMU. He's going to be another another great, great option for UC this year, and I would guess a chance at maybe getting drafted or should get a look in the NFL at least uh, in the coming years. And then Carter Brown, transfer kicker from Arizona State. I see him kind of just he's really taking control of the job throughout the spring taking control of the job throughout fall camp and should hopefully for Bearcats fans at least not bring them back to the 2021 kicking woes which it felt like kicker was the only bad position on the entire college football playoff team that entire season they were having to go for it when they didn't really want to at times but other than that Braden Smith I've seen him working as punt returner haven't seen as much of the kick return starting level options in terms of what I viewed at practice a little bit I've been able to view over the past couple of weeks but getting more viewing of practices in over the next few weeks and into the regular season as I talked to Braden Smith yesterday I think he's going to be very comfortable in that punt return role was solid there for Louisville over the past couple of years he's a dynamic weapon Dominic just a guy that can he played high school quarterback he can throw a trick play he can return punts he can take a reverse. He did that yesterday in the red zone and took a reverse down the edge for a touchdown, beating out the edge defender. Very, very, very intrigued for Braden Smith's 2023 season. And fingers crossed that guy can stay healthy because there's so much talent there to work with. Dominic, a lot of fun today on episode two of Bearcat Blitz. We will have you all covered throughout the entire regular season as we sit right around nine days away, 10 days away from the start of of the regular season EKU next week we'll dive into some more top storylines ahead of the 2023 season on Tuesday and then on Thursday it's game preview time and some more news and notes to get to before the EKU Colonels come to town for the start of the Bearcats tenure in the Big 12. For Dominic Goodman I'm Russ Heltman follow us once again on Twitter at Russ Heltman 11 and at Goody the Wiz make sure to subscribe rate and review the podcast wherever you're finding it right now whether it's Spotify or Google and of course enjoy us on Valley Sports when those shows do end up populating on the TV channel cannot wait for that cannot wait for the shows to pick back up again next week Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Bearcat Blitz Tuesday and Thursday. This is the Believe Network.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.